is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, it's Friday. You know what time it is. It's time for the Players' Lounge. Um, we're still at our homes doing the show from our respective spots. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former players of the Cowboys, Danny McCray and Barry Church. Uh, Church, you know, you haven't told Danny and I if you've gone back to Oklahoma anytime soon or you've just been camping out here in Texas, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sad to say I have not been back to Oklahoma. Um, you know, Broken Bow was a great experience while we were out there. Uh, it's just this heat, man. This heat is just getting to me, man. It's making me want to stay in this AC and chat with y'all all day. So, I mean, I, I haven't been able to travel as much as i like to. All right, all right. So, McCray, my man, um, I, I love people who want to talk about the Super Bowl because the reason I love it is because when they bring it up, when they talk about the Cowboys, I always shoot it down. Because I'm like, hey, look, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, okay? And, and I'm one of those, Danny, that believes just go out, win your division, and just keep on winning games. And, and then, you know, if you end up there, you end up there. Well, Mike McCarthy was asked about that at his press conference today. I want you to uh, take a listen to what Mike had to say about the Super Bowl. Danny, I want to hear you comment on it. And, Barry, I want to get your thoughts next. So let's hear from new Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. I think conversation like that, frankly, respectfully, is nonsense. Um, if, if you're not trying to win a Super Bowl, I don't know what the what you're even doing in this business. I, I think that's what every team um, starts their offseason with. Um, the, the ones that don't want to talk about it, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're just probably trying to – you know, what's it, under-promise over-achieve. But uh, I've, I've always been very upfront uh, about it, every team I've ever coached. Uh, you know, we're in this to win a championship, make no bones about it. Uh, the schedule is is what it is. I'm not a big fan of that statement, but we're all in a pandemic. All right, so that's Mike McCarthy. He doesn't mind talking about Super Bowl expectations because he believes that's why you're here. You're in the building to win a championship. So, Danny, your thoughts? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that was it was a good answer. I mean, he didn't he didn't push all the chips in and say that, that and make any guarantees and say that we're definitely going to win the championship. But he knows why why he's here. He he's, he was sitting on the sidelines figuring out ways to come up with a better offense and a better scheme so he can win another Super Bowl. And, and Jerry saw that, and Jerry said, hey. I'm bringing you in here specifically for this reason. I told everyone that I will pay anything for a Super Bowl. So when you come in here, I want you to let everybody know this is the goal. So I, I think it was a perfect answer. And that's what we're all expecting out of, uh, out of the Cowboys. Church? I mean, look, we, we all know we all know when you, you know, you come coach for America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, what the expectation is. The expectation is to get to the Super Bowl, make Super Bowl runs, plural Super Bowl runs, and I'll get to the playoffs and win divisions. But we've all seen what happens when you count your chips or you count, you count your wins before you actually went out there and got them. I mean, the past three, four years, we've all been Super Bowl champions on paper, and we've seen that come to fruition none at all. So 
Um, I think you can get in a little bit of trouble when you're already talking about, yeah, the goal is to win a championship. And he should have started off by saying, you know, the goal is to win games, win a division, win some playoffs, and then maybe get to the Super Bowl. Because we all know what the expectation is when you come here is to win Super Bowls. But you can't put all your eggs in the basket at once. I mean, this team is just getting together for the first time all year. And so I just think, um, you know, talking about Super Bowl this early in the season, I mean, it's gotten us in trouble in the past before. I just don't see want us to uh, repeat what happened again last year. Church, I want to stay with you because in Jacksonville, you played on a team that went to the AFC Championship game, had a lead in the second half against the Patriots. You don't win that game. And then the next year, there are a lot of people saying this year Jacksonville steps through, they go in the Super Bowl. It did not happen. In fact, the Jags fell apart. So you tell me, what is that like from the standpoint of having everyone talk about it to kind of sneak it up on some folks? Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, I, I've witnessed it and I've been a part of it firsthand. I mean, like you said, when in 2017, we went to the AFC Championship. We had the number one defense in the NFL. I mean, we were all coming back that next year. So we felt like we already had it in the bag. I mean, we felt like we can destroy this division and we'll end up meeting the Patriots again in the playoffs. And they got lucky and we'll destroy them. So we already kind of thought, you know, we had this season in the bag. And we started out pretty well. I think we went, you know, 3-1 and one in the first. And then we met the Cowboys. I think we were 3-3 three and three at the time. And they blew the hinges off of us. And we never were able to kind of kind of get back to what we wanted to be um, that season. So the expectations for us were high. And I felt like we were kind of feeling ourselves going into that season. And um, it, it, it wrecked our season. I mean, it, and it started at the top. The leadership, myself, you know, Calais, all those guys at the top, we kind of, you know, felt ourselves. We felt like, you know, we had a great defense and, we can take over this league like we did last year. And um, you got to change. Each and, and you got to evolve each and every year. So hopefully the Cowboys are able to do that. They're able to evolve from that, from what they did last year and um, make some little quick tweak changes to their offense and defense because people are going to pick up on what they did last year, especially these defense and offensive coordinators. They watch film like everybody else. So they'll be able to pick apart what the strengths and weaknesses are. So you just got to change up a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, I'm excited to see what McCarthy has in store for us this year. All right, let's go from Super Bowl talk here on the Players' Lounge to talking about the one thing that you have to have if you're going to be a Super Bowl team, and that's some defense here. The Cowboys have won five championships, and when you look at the five championship teams, defense has been a big part of why they were able to get there. Uh, I was excited about Gerald McCoy being a part of the Cowboys' defensive line and defensive tackle getting bigger. Gerald McCoy this week ends up uh, tearing his quad. They cut him. He's not on the team anymore. So just that hole, trying to fill it. Danny, you start with this here. What's your concern? Uh, my concern is, is, is the same as it's been for, for all the teams, and especially us, without having a, a, a true offseason and having to worry about guys going down like this. I've I seen the video of it, and it was just a, you know, just a normal play, a normal drill that they were going through. And, and, and he goes down and, you're, you know, and you and your first thought is this is what we're talking about. Right. Those soft tissue injuries for guys who haven't been able to, to get into that real football shape. These things are happening. So for us, I just think that we need to make sure that we have some depth. So good thing we have Poe, we have Crawford, but I don't think we can sustain many more of these injuries. So we just need to make sure that we're able to stay healthy because we expect the big things out of McCoy. And, and now he is a big hole to fill. So some of those young guys like Tristan Hill, they say they're having good practices. He's going to have to step up in real game time and make some big-time plays. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, McCoy injury was was uh, a hurt to the depth more than anything um, with the Cowboys. 
Uh, we know defensively, offensively as well, they're talented immensely across the board. So when you lose a guy like McCoy, um, that hurts your depth because he was supposed to be out, go out there and be a starter. And not only a starter, but a leader out there for this defense. Um, there's a lot of young parts to this defense. And just having a guy like that that can lead your defense into battle each and every Sunday would have been amazing. Um, so for him going down that way, it's just going to have to force, like McCray said, it's going to have to force um, younger guys like Tristan Hill to step up. And last year, we know he was in a doghouse. Uh, Marinelli didn't really want to play him that much, but hopefully he's able to he's able to mature a little bit more and grow a little bit more in this offseason, and he'll be able to step up in McCoy's absence because the Cowboys are going to need that. I mean, they're going to need him to step up. Hopefully, I mean, the reports of Alvin Smith out there are off the charts, so hopefully he can step up as well. But if you if you can generate a great pass rush and you can stop the run with that front four, I mean, it makes the job so much easier for the secondary and the rest of the defense. So we're going to have to have someone step up into place for McCoy, and I believe that's going to have to be Tristan Hill. So hopefully he's up for the task. Okay, uh, let's. this is why you two guys, I, I, we, I love having you on the show and I love doing it with you because you've been in the locker room and you understand exactly what has to happen. So I'll start with you on this one, Danny. Who gets to Tristan Hill to talk to him about how he is needed? That, you know, the reports last year, that he fell asleep when they had guest speaker Isaiah Thomas come around, that he was in that doghouse at Rod Marinelli, that he wasn't taking football as seriously as they needed him to be. Who's the person in the room or persons who talk to him and let him know, hey, man, you got to grow up. We need you now. I, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I, I'm going I'm to give him a little slack for last year because he went through some of those normal rookie things that I've seen a lot of rookie guys throw, uh, go through in their first year. It's a whole different playing field. You got a lot of money. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, you, you finally reach celebrity status, right, in, in, a, in a town like Dallas. So it's easy to get lost in that. I think he, uh, he was able to refocus himself. And the things I'm hearing about him so far have been great. And I think having uh, Tyron Crawford in there in that, in that room is a big thing because I think they missed his leadership last year when he was hurt. And I think he's bringing that to Tristan Hill this year. And I think you'll see a, a great improvement from him just by having uh, Crawford around. Yeah, they're going to need a great improvement from Tristan Hill. I mean, like you said, last year he was going through those, you know, rookie struggles a little bit here and there. But um, guys like Crawford, guys like Sean Lee, guys like, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, they're going to have to get in this guy's ear and they're going to have to show him how to be a professional. I mean, falling asleep in meetings, like McCray said, we've seen that in the past. Um, but it's, it's your turn to step up and be that focal point or that be that, you know, kind of. Focal point, like I said, on the defensive line, you're going to have to um, generate pressure and production that was lost from McCoy. So hopefully those veteran guys in the locker room can get with him, show him how to break down tape, show him how to be more professional when it comes to playing in this league. Because if you if not, you'll be out of this league quick. I mean, you know what it stands for, NFL, not for long. So hopefully those guys can, you know, get in his ear, get him going in the right direction. And so far um, this camp, we've heard some good reports about what he's been able to do. So hopefully that can keep going. And because um, they're not going to need them, they're going to need that depth piece for this uh, defensive line. Hey, I'll at- tell you this: the, 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 the reports coming out about him are much better than reports that, that came out about Taco. So I, I got some faith. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got some faith in Tristan to, to make an improvement this year because that, that not for long is true, man. Church, they got him up out of here, sent him to Miami, man. They got him out of here quick, first <laughs> round, first pick. rounder as so well. You, if you if you don't produce with a new coaching staff. Yeah, you, you, you're not safe. So I, I, I think I think he's woke, and I think he's going to be able to get some stuff done because he has a perfect example of what would happen if he doesn't. And then Miami got rid of Taco Charlton. He's now out there in Kansas City. And for me, when I look at Tristan Hill, uh, I think of just – here's an opportunity, 
I mean, this is a job that you can have and be a part of a defense here that if Everson Griffin and Alden Smith and Tank Lords are the players we think they can be and have the kind of seasons we do, Tristan Hill's going to have an excellent opportunity to make a name for himself. And you guys know if you can get uh, in, in this league, if you can put some pressure on the quarterback, they'll write you a really, really, really big check. So hopefully he can see that working with Jim Tom Sula, maybe that'll change, will be better for him. He's still going to be working with Leon Lett. But there's an opportunity for this young man to make some good money in the National Football League. So it's a great opportunity. I mean, like you said, with all those guys on the defensive line, I'm pretty, I'm 90% confident that teams aren't going to be out there trying to double Tristan Hill. So if he's able to go out there and defeat one-on-one blocks consistently, like you said, he could make a name for himself in this game. Um, but he's going to have to put the work in. And hopefully he's been doing it this offseason. And so far this camp, it sounds like he's been doing it. All right, um, Danny, wanted to get into this one with you, being because uh, you guys are both DBs. But, but Cheeto Awuzie spoke about that Cowboys scheme now under Mike Nolan. And the thing that I keep getting from players like Cheeto is, Man, this is a welcome change, and we're not going to be predictable. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's huge. Like we talked about last week, just, just to put this into uh, perspective, if you're playing a guy like Tom Brady and you line up in a cover two shell and then you play cover two, it's an issue. If you line up in a cover two shell and you just always drop down to cover three, he knows that. It's an issue. He's going to find a weakness. So you have to be able to disguise pre-snap and post-snap. So with Nolan being able to do that, these guys will feel more confident that the, the, the quarterback, especially the, the smart ones and the veteran ones, they, they don't already know what defense you're in and know where they should go with the ball, right? They want to make them uh, think that the extra, that extra half a second longer so that defensive line to have a chance to get there and make that sack so they can get those tips and overthrows. So I think it's huge, and it's going to give the DBs a lot of confidence because they know that that, that that pass rush will have a little bit more time to get there just based off their pre- and post-snap disguises. Yeah, disguise will be huge um, coming up for this season. I mean, um, no no disrespect or anything to Coach Marinelli and his system, but um, I believe it was kind of vanilla when it come when it came to disguising. I mean, everything was pretty much out of that two shell. Now it can work against you know younger quarterbacks and and quarterbacks who haven't really seen that much defense. But when you're going against the you know the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's of the world, they'll pretty much dissect that defense because they know pretty much one of the safeties are going to come down into the box. So um, disguising your defenses. Um, pre-snap can basically that you're, you're winning half of the battle if you can get your quarterback to not know what defense is in pre-snap so uh, Cheeto was right about that having multiple looks and multiple schemes will help this defensive line and um, but Prey, you were also right when it comes to the defensive line if, if, we're, if they're not producing and beating one-on-one blocks like we think they will be able to this season um, disguising that defense and having that quarterback just hold the ball extra tick just hold the ball an extra second make them Pat and make him look around through all his reads, giving that defensive line extra time to come in there and create havoc, which we know they can, will be huge for this defense. So going forward, if they can keep this disguise going, keep this multiple defensive looks going to confuse quarterbacks, giving their secondary more time back there or giving their defensive line more time to get to the backfield, it will be immensely huge for this defense. And uh, we'll see what happens when the season creeps around. Uh, Barry, it's, it's no disrespect to Rod Merrill. This is just the truth. Guys knew what was yeah. coming. And the Jet game, to me, was the biggest indictment on why this defense needed to change because Sam Darnold had been out a month with Mono, and the Jets were just throwing in different quarterbacks, and they had problems. They Here comes Sam 
one month out and steps onto the field at MetLife Stadium against the Cowboys and had a fantastic game and then afterwards said, well, it's the Cowboys. We kind of know what they do, which in his way was, dude, it wasn't hard. We figured it out. And then we saw Mitchell Trubisky on that Thursday night with Chicago, and he looked like a, a real quarterback. I mean, it was just so signs where I just said, man, this thing has to change. And I'm just happy to see they got Mike Nolan in here, and they're going to make some changes. And you clearly hear the players who respect Rod Merrill, because that's the thing. Everybody respects him. But your stuff can get old. And his stuff had gotten old, and they needed a change here. And to me, I'll be interested to see – is Cheeto a better player now under this scheme here? Because, look, here's a kid in his last year, Barry, who took a whole lot of hits throughout his career. What if he turns out and becomes a better player? We have seen players leave and go to different schemes and coaches who utilize him better. Yeah, we've definitely seen that. I mean, case in point with uh, Michael Malcolm Jenkins with the Saints, um, he was rated as one of the worst uh, safety's coming out of free agency when he was with the Saints. But then when he got to the Eagles, he pretty much turned his whole career around. And we've seen he's still in the NFL playing at a high level. So there's been examples of this in the past where corners, you know, have struggled in one system, but then turn around their, turn around their whole career in another system. Um, Patrick Chung, that's another one of the guys who went to Philadelphia and was terrible and then went to New England and played awesome. So it's definitely possible for for Cheetah to turn his um, season around like he did, you know, last year was kind of a rough season for him. So it's it's an ability to to uh, make this season a lot better by changing these multiple looks and have him out there doing what he can do. So hopefully he's able to um, turn around this year and become a better corner, and we'll see if that scheme helps. And church, and church, you know, like I know that, like you know, like up in Seattle, they had guys who could, who were superstars, Hall of Fame players. And they can line up in cover three or cover two and play that defense and still make plays. When you try to bring that to a team that has young guys that doesn't have that those caliber of players, it's a totally different thing, right? So if you got Cam Chancellor, you got Earl Thomas, you got Richard Sherman, those guys can can make plays in any scheme. You, they will line up and show you what they're in, and they can get out there and go make plays. When you try to bring that defense to a whole different team with with new guys and young guys and guys that don't have that uh, that type of talent or that type of experience. That's where you get in trouble uh, like uh, Marinelli and Christian Shard did. You try to line up and, and act like you got those guys that you had in Seattle, and it just you don't get the same result. Yeah, Earl Thomas did not walk through that door at all, so it was definitely an issue. We need to take a break, but still to come here on the Players' Lounge, let's dive a little bit into hard knocks because the Rams and the Chargers are there. The, the Cowboys are going to face the Rams' first game of the year. That's supposed to be out of SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. And also... John Fossil um, with some interesting takes on why he is sold on Greg Zerline, who did not have a good year with the Rams last year, why he thinks he'll have a very good season for the Cowboys. That's to come on the Players' Lounge right here on Dallas Cowboys Radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. 
Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. Hey, everybody. It's Friday. That means it's Players' Lounge time. And uh, we always enjoy you taking your time to to listen to our our takes on the Cowboys and what we uh, will expect for this 2020 season, which is still on on pace to just go forward here. I was watching Hard Knocks, and I enjoy the show whenever it's not the Cowboys. When uh, they've come here twice, I've hated every minute of it because NFL films, they get all this carte blanche stuff that we in the local media don't get. So this year, it's the Rams and it's the Chargers. They've combined them both. And so one cool thing about watching the Chargers is Anthony Lynn, former coach here with the Dallas Cowboys under Bill Parcells, getting his opportunity. And then um, one reason why I'm very interested in the Rams is that's the Cowboys' first opponent. And, Barry, your former teammate in Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey, is with the, he's with the Rams now. He got, got himself traded there, says he loves L.A. He went house hunting, and he went house hunting on a place, it was about 30-plus acres of whatever. I mean, this, it was a mansion, okay? It was a mansion on top of a hill all by itself. Your thoughts on uh, that crib he was looking at, and do you know if he bought it? Did you text it? <laughs> no, I'm not sure if he bought the um the house or not, but I mean look, it was a, it was a palatial estate sitting on top of I mean it, it it was a nice very very beautiful home, but I mean knowing Ramsey the way I do, um you know he loves he likes to finer things in life and um you know he's worked his butt off to try to get those things. So in his mind he's thinking, "Hey, I got a payday coming here soon. If I, all I got to do is stay healthy and play productive like I have been these past couple seasons." And I can be able to afford to get something like this. Um, but I can see him definitely grabbing that mansion. Uh, he's, he's definitely and he's a he's an L.A. guy when it comes to that. The perfect team he could have went to. He's kind of Hollywood, but that's just his character. He's genuine. And uh, I can see him living in that house. I mean, it was a palatial estate up there, man. Who was that real estate agent, man? They they did some research on the dude. They had they had yes. everything that he ever thought of in there. <laughs> they had everything he needed. <laughs> I mean, the the, the pictures of his kid, this picture of his kids there. I mean, that was uh, uh, you know, that probably just looking at it, that probably cost twelve hundred bucks to to stage all of that specifically for him. The way they had that thing lined up, and uh, oh. which. And, and, and it made me think of, 
how much money, how much of a commission is this real estate agent possibly going to get off this home if you're spending that kind of money to stage that home? I mean, they did their research. They had their kids' pictures in there. I mean, they, they're trying to get this sold as soon as possible. I mean, they did all their research on them. And I guess, I mean, he's, I guess he's a high-profile client, so they had, they spent the money to hopefully get the money. You know what I'm saying? Well, look, they knew they were going to be on TV, too, so they got, they got some free pub on HBO for that. This is true. This is true. Now, for me, the big thing I wanted to know is, okay, where was the home in proximity to where they practiced? where the practice facility is going to be. Because you guys know just right here, you know, living in Dallas-Fort Worth when you play for the Cowboys, where you guys live by the practice facility. They don't live by the stadium. The stadium is over uh, by LAX in the Inglewood area. But the practice facility, and plus because the Rams have been building it and working on it because the stadium is not done. So that to me is going to be the interesting thing because L.A. traffic is no joke. I mean, it is a, a the challenge of it. Here, here's how much of a challenge it is. Kobe Bryant, who lived in Orange County, took a helicopter to go to games. I mean, you got to make sure you live in an area that's close by or you could be looking at a a two to two and a half hour commute just to get to work. I mean, and that was the mistake I made. Well, not really, because, you know, when I first played for the Cowboys, they were in Valley Ranch. So I lived in Las Colinas. But then that last year, they decided to move over to Frisco and to the Stars. So my commute in the morning was it was a good 40 minutes. And, uh, you know, I like my sleep. So I had to get up extremely early. And uh, so that's one of the things that, you know, a mistake I made. Make sure you live near the facility because, yeah, you might find nicer houses elsewhere, but that commute in the morning when you're tired and you know you got to go to a full padded practice, it's, it's just not it. It's not worth it. Add that in there because I know a lot of coaches who used to live in the South Lake area, uh, guys like Sean Payton um, lived over there, uh, Brian Stewart lived over there, um, Todd lived over there. So a bunch of guys lived in that area. And now no one lives in that area because of what you spoke about. The star over in Frisco, guys, guys live by the headquarters. So now guys, they live over in Frisco and McKinney. They live all that. They live in Collin County. Nobody lives over in Tarrant County anymore. Um, it's just a big difference. And I know Jason Witten had struggled with that because he lives out. He lived out. Uh, over in that area and uh, it was a challenge to get there to the star of Frisco and then you got to pay all those tolls so um, it, it matters so 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 it's something you definitely have to look out for uh, McCray w- when you're looking at hard knocks do you try to what do you try to pick up on as you think there could be some clues for the Cowboys as they get ready to face these Rams on uh, on the first game of the year they're not they're, on these episodes the first two episodes they're not hitting at all yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, you know. Like when, when I used when I used to watch it, I, I would I would potentially like try to look for some stuff that maybe that they would run. But HBO doesn't show much of schemes and and terminology and talking and, and showing you like what what they may be running when the season comes. You could get a look at some players, but most of the time they're showing star players or they're showing rookies who are on the bubble trying to make the team. So you you really just don't get much out of out of the HBO Hard Knock show from a from a scouting perspective, but I think it's always interesting to see how the stars live their lives and then how how you, you can uh, tell how different that is from guys who are trying to make the team as rookies or or second year players who are fighting for a roster spot. Aaron Donald looks good. Got to admit that man. That guy looks really good. <laughs> he, he he does not look he does not look like a defensive lineman. No, he, he does not. Not at all. 
How do you guys think the Rams are going to be when you consider the fact that, you know, they got rid of Todd Gurley, they got rid of Brandon Cooks. Um, the offensive line still has some question marks here. I mean, this is not the team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago. It's a totally different football team. And the last time we all saw the Rams, they came to AT&T Stadium and the Cowboys laid it on. Yeah, I think I think this Rams team is going to going to struggle a little bit this year. Um, like you said, they lost Todd Gurley. Um, you know, they lost Brandon Cooks, who was a deep threat. Yeah, he missed a lot of games, but he was able to take the top off of defense. So a secondary was always going to have to kind of key on him to make sure they didn't get past him. Uh, yeah, they got uh, Robert Woods over there and Cooper Cup, but those are kind of they're they're more mid, uh, intermediate route runners, possession type receivers. I don't see them going over the top as much um, defensively. I feel like they have a pretty solid defense over there, and um, that can present some problems for teams. But offensively, I just don't think they have any juice this year. And I think that first game coming up to the season, I think the Cowboys are going to put it on them pretty well. Yeah, I, I got I got the Rams fighting for uh, fighting really hard for third place in the division. Uh, with, with Arizona. Um, Jared Goff is still the quarterback. They lost the deep threat, even though he was hurt last year. He's a guy who could stretch the field, so they don't really have that. They depended on Robert Woods for uh, the back half of the season. And, you know, he's, he's a jet sweep guy, like like Church said. And, and, and Cup is a guy who can make some explosive plays, but not as consistent as, as stretching the field as a Brandon Cook. So with Goff as your quarterback, you don't have the same running back. And, and now you, you're down, down your deep threaded receiver. I just think they're going to struggle. And then you got uh, teams like Arizona coming up, and Seattle is always who they are. And then San Francisco just came off the Super Bowl run. So I think they're going to be fighting for, for third uh, in that division. So, so you, you say golf. The way you said golf twice, you didn't go all the way, which is you're not impressed with him. You, you, you're, you're not sold on Imp- Jerry Goff. Impressed. Sold. I told you he was on my fantasy football team last year. I lost all hope in Jared Goff. He's battling right now with Kyler Murray. He's battling with Kyler Murray, and I think Kyler Murray is the better player. I just didn't want to give give him all that, you know, before the season started. But I, I, I honestly see Jared Goff being the fourth best quarterback in that division. Okay, so so let me go with you there. Is Jared Goff a system quarterback in your opinion? And, and when you say system quarterback, your, your mindset thinks of kind of like Texas Tech through the years where it's, you, you got to have all these other pieces around him. That is really some, not something you could put on the quarterback. I, I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say system. I, I would say he's a, a front-running quarterback, right? So he was balling when they had Ty Gurley and all those guys who could make those plays around him. But the running game was crazy, right? He was getting crazy yards on screens from Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley run up the, up the middle for 10 yards. Ty Gurley green screen for 40 yards, and that opened up a lot of stuff. So I don't think it was necessarily him just having a whole bunch of pieces around him. He had Ty Gurley to help him out. And, and uh, so, Yeah, well, for me – oh, go ahead, go ahead, Nui, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 Church, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, for me, yeah, without a question, I think he's a, a system quarterback – uh, I don't think it's you know he's he's terrible or anything like that. I just think he's a, a bona fide system quarterback. Um, I think he needs pieces around him, you know, receivers, a good offensive line, a running back to get the most potential. Uh, put it this way, I feel like he he can't elevate the rest of his teammates. I feel like um, if he has you know subpar guys on the outside and a decent running game, I think he'll just be a decent quarterback. But he needs other pieces around him to elevate his game. I don't think he's able to elevate those around him like a Tom Brady would be able to. 
I go back and I look at the last two Super Bowls in which you had NFC teams from the West, uh, the 49ers and the Rams, and the question marks you had about both quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff, got exposed in that Super Bowl, which is can your guy make a play when you need it? We saw Jared Goff miss an open Brandon Cooks in the end zone in a close football game against the Patriots. That was the deciding factor for them. And then we saw Garoppolo had a wide open Emmanuel Sanders running free. If he hit Sanders, they probably win the Super Bowl. And when your guys don't answer the bell, when they have that, you know, when they have a strong running game and they're asking you, hey, we just need you to make that throw, he couldn't make it. And for me, I look at a guy like Troy Aikman, who was always able to make that throw and win three Super Bowls. That's what you're needing from your quarterback. And to me, until those questions are answered, I do have to wonder, are they system quarterbacks there? Because I believe Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan can go find another guy comparable, a la Kirk Cousins, and put up numbers and win with those kind of guys. Because both guys are relying upon run games when you see them have their success. Oh, I yeah. Uh, now you got the church. You go. Go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not sold. No, there's yeah. nothing that you can tell me about that. <laughs> no, look, look. I, I, I agree. With, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that. <laughs> look. Okay. Can we just? Uh, I'm just just straight up being honest here. I think they overpay golf. I think they overpay cooks. And as much as I love Todd Gurley, the player, I would not have given a guy who had that type of injury a second contract like they did. Had they all waited, had they waited just one year, okay, just one year on all those guys, because they didn't have to pay them when they did. Had they waited one more year, they would have never paid those guys. So the players should be thanking the, their agents that they got those deals. The, the only guy that I would have waited to pay is, and, and, you know, a hindsight is twenty twenty. It's golf. Like, I, I didn't believe in golf. When we saw him in the Super Bowl, you didn't believe in golf. Like, yeah, everything was clicking that year. But like I said, it was all based on Ty Gurley. So I could see a reason for them, you know, paying Ty Gurley, you know, with the injury. But you just assume that, that, that it wouldn't it wouldn't haggle him for the rest of his career. But Jared Goff, no. And Brandon Cooks had just come over from another team. So, yeah, you could wait on him as well. But Jared Goff should have been third on that list. They should have they took the Cowboys route and, and yeah, paid the quarterback less. And, and golf had, I think, he had, he had two more years left on his deal when he got yes. that extension. So it's like, I, you know, I like, like you guys said, I just, I'm, you know, I'm confused. If they would have just waited one more year, they would have not, you know, paid him. They would have saw the type of production he is. And like I said, I believe he's a system quarterback. So they would have used that money to put better pieces around him. Um, but, you know, they pulled the trigger fast. And a lot of those contracts that they pulled the trigger fast on have not worked out for him. I believe the only one was, you know, Aaron Donald. So, um, you know, they, they got to look at themselves and say, hey, we got we to gotta figure this thing out or, or we're going to be rebuilding this team from the start all over again. Well, they, they don't have any first-round picks. Exactly. <laughs> they, they gave yeah. up for rent. They chucked it up. Exactly. So they're out of, out of a lot of picks. And, and see, to me, I think, for instance, and it, it won't happen because they've got Goff under contract and you can't take that hit, but you could have let Goff run out that contract and then – given a guy like Sean McVay, Andy Dalton, and Sean McVay would have still been able to do all the things he wants to in his system. Um, I, I just think that Sean is able, and Kyle as well, they're able to win with different types of players. They'll put things around him. I mean, we've seen Kyle has success with Matt Ryan. I mean, he's, he knows how to scheme up. He's an elite coach. If you got an elite coach play caller, they can scheme some things up for, for their quarterback there. Um, want to touch on a former Ram who's now a Dallas Cowboy, and that is kicker Greg Zerline. 
Uh, John Fossil, the Cowboys' new special teams coach, was with him for a lot of years with the Rams in St. Louis and in Los Angeles. He told the media this week that Zerline dealt with a groin injury basically most of the season last year. And all three of us play fantasy football, and Greg Zerline was not a dude you wanted last year. And now we know <laughs> why. And Fossil said one reason why um, they, he played injured was he was in a contract year, so he didn't want to go on IR. I get that. Uh, still got a great contract from the Cowboys, but he said that Zerline is going to have a good year. So when fantasy football drafts mine come around here next month, I might, I might go ahead and pull the trigger on Greg the leg here because he's going to be <laughs> kicking a lot of balls indoors over here at AT&T Stadium. So I'm looking for him to have a big year. Yeah, I'm listen, looking for him as well to have a – oh, go ahead, Danny. I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, man. Go ahead. No, you good. I'm saying, listen, I, mine is short. If the offense plays how we, uh, everybody expects them to play and we're scoring all these touchdowns, Greg Zerline will only be kicking extra points. So he won't be getting picked on my fantasy team. You know what? I'm going I'm to I'm go towards Nui, and I'm going to go ahead and pick up Greg as well once we do our draft. Because, I mean, from all the reports from camp, I mean, he's nailing stuff from all over the field. And we've seen Cowboys in the past. Sometimes, you know, when it comes to the red zone, you know, we don't necessarily knock it in all the time. So to have a consistent kicker like that, and like we did um, towards the end of the season last year, really helped us out. But to have him consistently kicking good throughout the whole year, I think it'll be a plus for the Cowboys and definitely a plus for my uh, fantasy team. Listen so, so, to me so on tell this. Me this. So tell me this. So, so soft tissue is, uh, injuries are a big deal this year, right? And this guy yeah. was struggling with a soft tissue ish, uh, injury all of last year. <laughs> so we pick him up. He hadn't been doing nothing for the entire summer. <laughs> and now all of a sudden his groin, we, that's what I'm banking on. His groin is all of a sudden fixed and it's going to hold up for the, for the uh, remainder of the year. He is not getting picked on my fantasy team. Church, what, what place you come in last year, Church? See, see, now you're bringing up old news and old history, man. We don't, we don't even know about all that. You know, I got my new GM status now. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to roll this year. And Zerline, he said he's coming with me. So, we'll see. Nui, we know you won. We know you won. We know you won. All right. We know you won first place. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and Church, I'm glad, listen. I'm glad you won something. Church, listen to me. Okay, Church, listen to me on this. Your idea is absolutely correct. Last year, I took Will Lutz, and I took Will Lutz because I said, you know what, I want a guy who's a part of a high-scoring offense. So I went with him because he, he was with the Saints, and he kicked indoors. And, hey, look, it's football. You're not going to get a touchdown every possession, but will you be in range for some long field goals? And my man was knocking in those 40s and 50 yards. So Legatron is going to be on an offense we export, expect to score 30 points a game. And... He's a guy who, because he was hurt last year, you could possibly wait till almost the last pick in your draft and get the guy while everybody else is trying to go get Will Lutz and other dudes who scored high points early. So go ahead and be smart and be like me and start looking at Legatron, okay? You listen wait, to me wait, you listen to Wait McCray. a second. Wait a second. When do, I must be missing something. When did Legatron, is that, is that his nickname for me? <laughs> Legatron? <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. I never heard that one. Maybe maybe Nui made that up. I don't know. Hey, I, I love it, Nui. I love it. Uh, no, he has been called Legatron. It was it was him, and it was the guy in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, Greg the Leg, Legatron. So they they've thrown it out there. But look, the guys, the guy, the guy can kick. And ultimately, Danny, I'm trying to help. I mean, I'm trying to help Barry not repeat last year because the way you run <laughs> that man down about his fantasy team last year. 
is it, it's it's like watching Michael Jordan where he was razzing Scott Burrell during during the last day. Let me tell man. you something though. Let me tell you something though. Before let's get the let's get some more context to this. No, I was auto picked. I didn't get to pick my own my own draft, so I was auto picked out there. So I, I was already behind the eight ball when I when the season started. You know what I'm saying? So and in the in the guys and the moves I made. They were they were playing well in the beginning of the season, but as soon as I drafted them on my team, they just they stunk it up. So I mean, you know, I was behind the eight ball from the beginning, but no excuses, no excuses. Okay. First of all, you made this you made an excuse. Then said no excuse. Nui, last thing, tell me this: if Jerry Jones missed, missed draft day, uh, w- w- would there be a reason for us not being able to make the Super Bowl? If he just like, oh man, I was on the yacht. Me, me and Steven and, and Will, we, we we couldn't make it, so we just we just called in and told told everybody to pick what we had on the board. No excuses. Mm. We don't. We don't want to hear that. No, 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 no excuses, man. No excuses. I mean, there's too many moves you could make during the year. Okay, there are no days off on your fantasy football team. Okay, there's no days off. All right. I mean, nah, you yes, you'd like right. to have a solid draft, but but at the end of the day, you got to be maneuvering your roster and keep on improving it. I mean, there's too many dudes who got good in the second half of the year. AJ Brown, uh, Ryan Tannehill. There's too many. Uh, Tyler Higby got good. Uh, Joe Mixon started performing. You got to be on the waiver roster, man. You got to be serious about this business, man. It's not a game. <laughs> Fancy football's not a game. It's a life. It's a way of life. <laughs> way I'm, of I'm life. gonna switch it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna dedicate myself to being the best GM possible for Team Iglesias, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, we must take another break, but I want to get into the Cowboys' defensive ends here. Alden Smith and Everson Griffin and what we're hearing so far from camp. This is the Players' Lounge on Dallas Cowboys Radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their Elevation Tumblers? And Otterbox Elevation Tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. Back to the Players' Lounge. 
All right, Friday, players last last 15 minutes. Got a lot of work. We got to squeeze in right here. Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Cowboy players Danny McCray and Barry Church. We'll start with Alden Smith. Dak Prescott was asked about uh, facing him, and he said he damn sure doesn't look like a guy who's missed five years of football here. So he's impressive at camp. He feels good. He says that being back in the locker room was the thing he missed most. So, Danny McCray, you were one of the vocal guys who was questioning Alden Smith. We haven't played a game yet, but so far, he is giving the Cowboys more than what they thought they were getting. Uh, so, I'm going to stick with what I said. <laughs> and This is the beginning of training camp. I think it may have been in pads for like two days. And then LC's not practicing. I think Tyron is out with a <laughs> injured as well. So, I'm not sure who Alden Smith's going against, but... I'm glad that he's getting back into the groove of things, and I think it'll take him a game or two before he gets back to feeling or looking anything similar to how he looked previously. I think, like I said last week, the uh, COVID and him not having to be out and be in the city and having those temptations helped him tremendously. So I'm, I'm proud that, that, that the start is good, but I'm, just, I'm still not sold on it yet. Okay, Danny, Danny's Danny's negative Nelly here. Great, way to go, Danny. Negative. Now, I'm not negative. I said I'm, 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 pr I'm proud, but just like just like with Coach McCarthy, just like with everything else in my life, man. Look, when I see it, I believe it. I, and then you know that's what I said at the beginning. So I'm not gonna hop off hop off my opinion yet. He, he got to okay. show me something in, in game time, in real game time. We're not even gonna see a preseason. I got to see real game time explosiveness. Barry, you drinking Hello. the Kool Aid? Um, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna have a sip, just to you know. I'm gonna have a sip and wash <laughs> it around a little bit, just see how it really tastes. But um, you know, from the reports we're getting from camp, I mean, everything sounds amazing. I mean, he looks explosive out there. He's, he's turning a corner. His bend is unbelievable. And like you said, you've seen guys are saying it doesn't look like he's taking you know five years off from being a defensive end, but. Um, uh, like Gerald Sensabaugh used to always tell me, man, everybody looks good in shorts. It's when you put those pads on. And, yeah, they had a padded practice here and there. But, like you said, he's not going against Lyle Collins. He ain't going up against Tyron Smith right now. So, I got to see in an actual game when the lights are on, pressure's on, the defense needs him to step it up. I want to see what he can do then before I go ahead and drink the full cup of tea right there. But, um, and also, I mean, we got to see what, like, what if he starts having success? And like Danny said, the temptations start coming around. So hopefully he's able to get all those, you know, past demons out of his, out of his psyche. And he's able to go into this season fully focused and fully prepared. Um, cause from the sounds of, from the sounds of it from camp, he seems like he's having an explosive, explosive beginning to the camp. Let's just hope it carries over to the regular season. Here's so much of, of the positives that I've gotten out of Alden Smith is, for years, that hope people have had with Randy Gregory, and they didn't really get to see it, that Alden Smith could actually do what you were hoping Randy Gregory could do, which is get yourself back here, be in a frame of mind. And the one thing he has that Randy doesn't, he's got a lot of experience in the National Football League. And he did go against Tyron on some reps, and, and, and he's made some plays, and he had one tipped pass of a Dak Prescott uh, throw that, that he almost intercepted. So, so far, it's almost like CeeDee Lamb in terms of what you were hoping for, so far you're getting. And while Danny can be negative Nelly on it, I think I'm with you, Barry. It was might as well, let's take a little sip, let's enjoy it, and, and let's see where it goes. Hold on, wait, what? so how come I got to be negative just because I didn't buy into he's going to be like this the guy that he was before he 
you know, had his issues and was off the field. That don't make me negative. I'm just being realistic. I played okay. the game and, you know, five, five years off and going into going into a practice and knocking down the ball or, or beating somebody on the pass rush does not equate into who you were before, which was a complete monster on the field. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let you have that, man. I'm gonna let you, you feel good? You feel good? I'm going to let you have that. I'm pray, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for him, man. Listen, I, I, listen, I, I want him to fight his demons. I'm praying for him just like I pray for John Gordon, man. I want those guys to come back and be the comeback story so they can write a book and have a America's, uh, I mean, a New York bestseller. I, I want him to win. But I'm realistic, and he has not done anything yet. Like, we, we, we're not into real football yet, so I'll just wait. Okay. You're going with the old Bill Parcells line. He used to say it here when he coached the Cowboys. All I can go by is what I see. So you need to see more. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Everson Griffin, on the other hand, who signed with the Cowboys, we have seen him last year. Uh, we saw a close on Sunday Night Football in that Vikings-Cowboys game. Uh, I was surprised when I read he turned down $43 million. He had that due to him, and he opted out of the contract. Uh, that I don't understand. But, hey, uh, he's with the Cowboys on a one-year $6 million deal. When guys are playing for money like that, could we expect that maybe you that the Cowboys get a Robert Quinn like performance from Everson Griffin, who's trying to you know get on the market next year? And if Tank Lawrence bounces back to what he was two years ago before last year's five sack performance, that maybe he has a Robert Quinn like year and can put up double digit sacks. Danny, yeah, I, I, I think you know when guys come in and they're playing hunger and they plan to get into free agency and, and get that big payday, I think they usually play better. Uh, that passing up $43 million is, is a little concerning to me because now I'm like, is he really playing for, for money or is he just like, you know, I don't really need it. I'm just playing for the love of the game. I'm a little confused. But I think that him and seeing him as a player over the uh, past few years, I think he's going to be that same guy, money or not. He's he's just he's just one hell of a player. He, he has a high motor and he can get to the quarterback. I don't think him wanting to get paid or not being able to get paid is going to change any of that. I think he's going to be a great football player like he's been for the last few years in Minnesota. Church? Well, I, I, I'll tell you this. The Cowboys better hope that he comes um, with the production that Robert Quinn had last year. I mean, Robert Quinn had 11 sacks last year. I mean, he was able to consistently beat one-on-one um, -on -one blocks out there, which was able to open up things for other people. Now, it didn't come to fruition with those others getting sacks as well, but hopefully Everson Griffin is able to come in here and have that same level of production or even better production than Robert Quinn had, and hopefully that will open up things for the Tyrone Crawfords in the middle, the Alden Smiths on the other edge, or the Demarcus Lawrences on the other edge. So hopefully he can come and get that consistent pressure that we have from Robert Quinn because if he's able to do that, then this defense – can become, in my opinion, a top five. Because once that defensive line starts rolling, like I said, it makes it a lot easier for the secondary. It makes it a lot easier for the linebackers to do what they do. And in turn, that turns into victories. So hopefully um, he's able to get that production that Robert Quinn was. And I know the Cowboys are praying that they do because they need it. They really do. Tell, tell me this, Nui and Church. What, so, Nui, do you know the deal that he passed up? Like how many years it was for 43? I don't know, but it was already it was it was opted. I mean, he opted out of it. I mean, that was the thing. It was it was on the books for forty three, uh, and I don't know if it was for three or four more years, but he opted out of that deal to uh, test free agency. And I guess he thought he was gonna gonna get a monster contract. Um, I'd also read one place where they said, well, maybe the Vikings were gonna cut him and and, and try, you know, but. I don't. I, all I know is, man, forty three mil, ten mil a year in this league. Um, <laughs> 
You know, that's that's uh, you you know, and you're 30 plus. Okay, you're 30 plus. It's not like you're 28 years old or 29. But maybe he thought, hey, look, man, um, he saw Tank get 20 mil and thought he could opt out, and then somebody's going to give him a bag. But you think about him and and Jadavia and Clowney both making really bad decisions um, and gambling on themselves here because. I know we know this is a league that normally pays, you know, pass rushers, but they decided that they weren't. No, nobody in the league paid him his number, and Clowney is still out there right now trying to trying to get a job at his number. Yeah, that's super at his conf- number. Yeah, that's it's super confusing on the Efferson Griffin part because, like you said, I mean, forty they gonna have to cut me. Like if you got forty three million, and <laughs> it's already on the books. Like I'm not I'm not searching for no free agency trying to get more. I'm like, man, y'all gonna have to cut me or something like that because I, I I'm gonna take all this forty three. Uh, so maybe he, like you said, maybe he was in like a clowning situation where he thought, man, you know, if I if I get out of here, I might be able to hit a, a three-year, you know, something crazy, like three-year 50 mil or something like that to get, you know, to get his, uh, or 60 mil or something like that to get that 20 per year. And uh, that's the only way I can think of passing up 43, and I just think he made the wrong move. But, you know, hopefully he's able to produce for our Cowboys and uh, we can get some victories off of it. In a pandemic, that's the other thing. You, you opted out of a deal in a pandemic. Um, the salary cap's going down next year. <laughs> okay, you know they've already told us it's going down. Prices it's going to be like that little Walmart yellow sticker the rollback. The league has told all the players and agents there's going to be a rollback. <laughs> so it, even if Everson Griffin, <laughs> right? If Everson Griffin has a really good year of double digit sacks, who knows? You know, truly what kind of money is out there? So, you know. It's a gamble, and clearly he's in it now. But if I'm Everson Griffin, man, I'm hoping that Alden Smith and Tank Lawrence are unblockable and that I can get some one-on-ones and get to some of these quarterbacks here because in order to get a massive payday, he's got to have numbers. And I'll give Robert Quinn um, you know, his due. He had that year, and the Bears were desperate. And so they paid the freight. So, so we'll see. But I'm with you, man. It's it's hard to, to to opt out of deals, especially when you're talking about you know we're in a pandemic right now and trying to opt out of deals here. So so we'll see. But for the Cowboys, hey, good for you. You know, good for you that Everson Griffin decided to, uh, to to go ahead and do what he did. And somebody out there may get lucky with with Javon Clowney. Um, but I think Griffinson's I think Griffin's a better fit for the Cowboys than Clowney. I know a lot of people were talking about and wanted Javon Clowney, but. Uh, I just, Kleine only had three sacks. Um, I think this is a better situation for Griffin, who said he grew up a Cowboy fan and was named after Everson Walls. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing that he told the media this week as well. Everson Walls, who, by the way, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And let me give out shout uh, to my boy Drew Pearson, the original 88, who is the senior finalist uh, for a player for induction uh, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2020, which means... He's basically rubber stamp. They are not going to not put Drew Pearson in. He's the only member of the 1970s all-decade team, first team, not in, only receiver from the all-first team, all-decade team, of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Drew Pearson is getting in uh, in February, and I'm pretty excited about that for the class of 2021, an undrafted free agent. Congrats to Drew, man. Well, well deserved. Nui, I saw you. I, I saw you shed a tear for him when y'all were on the phone, man. That's that's big time. I'm really happy for the guy. He's a great guy. I met him a couple times, and great energy. And I can't wait to hear his speech. Yeah, he said it was going to be next Pearson. level. 
Yep. Like 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 McCray said, I met him a couple of times, and he's always had that great energy about him. So I can assume that's how he was as a player. Um, it's just take, it's a shame that it took this long for him to get in, but I'm glad that um, he'll finally be able to to get in and put that uh, jacket on. I mean, it's much deserving. I was at his house in January. He had so many people over. He had champagne that was chilling. He expected to pop that bottle and get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And when Harold Carmichael got in, Harold Carmichael was second team all 1970s. Harold Carmichael played in only one Super Bowl. Uh, Drew Pearson played in three. Drew won his. Harold did not. Um, it, it was hard, man. He went into the. He left. He went into his office. He was cursing. I mean, he was upset. And uh, he teared up and cried. And so he and I, we worked together for 13 years. Um, I just gave him a hug and I said, you know, you're a Hall of Famer. I said, God's, de God's delaying it, but he won't deny it. And so it was definitely emotional for me because I spent 13 years, you know, talking back like, Drew, you are, you are. He was, you know, he didn't think that he would ever get it, that the politics were against him. And, and for that to happen was really special. And we're not talking about a guy who didn't earn it, fellas. Uh, I go back to watching The Last Dance when Isaiah Thomas talked about the dream team. He says, I don't know what the process was for picking that team, but I know I met the criteria. And that was Drew Pearson's career. When you talk about the process that goes into selecting Hall of Famers, Drew met the criteria of it. And to watch a couple of guys get in over him and during his time, like Harold Carmichael and John Stallworth, those were hard pills to swallow. I had guys like Mel Blunt, who might be the best cornerback to ever play in this league. They changed rules because Mel Blunt was so good. Mel Blunt told me, he said, Nui, if I can help Drew get in, I will because he is a Hall of Famer. And that's pretty cool, man, when a guy like Mel Blunt says, Joe Green, the greatest Pittsburgh Steeler of all time, you know, Joe Green said that guy was a Hall of Famer. When you have legends on a team like the Steelers that have four Super Bowl rings and they can look across and tell you that guy was a Hall of Famer, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And, and the fact that he's just now one step away from going there, I'm really happy for him. Yep. It's much deserved. No, I, I, I. I want to ask you this before before we get off because we, we've been speaking about this for a few weeks. These these injuries that we're having, we got Sean Lee, we got LC, we got LT, we got guys going down and then around the league as well. You got guys going down with ACLs and Achilles and all these different injuries that are soft tissue. How concerning is this for 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 us, especially with our O line? It's for everybody across the league. I mean, I'll tell you this. You know, we talk about our fantasy football teams. In my league, I said we need to have a, a injury roster. You know, we had the IR and the COVID. So we got two things, <laughs> IR and COVID, because it's going to be a problem. Make sure you draft a lot of guys here. Will you stop barking? I'm, I got to finish this, okay? I'm, we're almost done. Give me two minutes. I'll let you out. I'll let you out in two minutes. <laughs> Tell Cujo to chill out over there, man. Cujo, man, yo. Yeah, I give her credit. She was good for fifty. She was good for fifty-eight minutes. Th thank you. My child just came and got the dog out. So I tell me one of my children just came and got the dog. I'm playing homeschool, Dad. Trying to do a podcast. Trying to take care of the dog. My wife went out to go do some work today, so I'm, I'm trying to juggle a whole lot of things here. And, and prepare for my fantasy football draft. So I got a lot of things I'm doing. Dad life. Dad life. <laughs> yes, um, yes. I, I got to wash yes, the dishes. I, I already put a load of laundry in. So, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm that guy, man. I'm, I'm versatile. Man. I tell my wife, I say, your next husband's not going to do all this. Do all this. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you doing all that? She's not going nowhere. She's not going nowhere. You doing all that? Fellas, this was fun as always. I look forward to next Friday. And Mike McCarthy talked about has they're going to ramp things up uh, in the next two weeks as they start to get closer to um, that first game against the Rams. But uh, I'm excited because I, I see the guys, the players, when they talk to us, they're really enjoying the fact that this is new, it's fresh, and they believe in what they're being taught. And, and that's so much of what football is as a coach, is you got to get these guys to buy into what you're saying because you can't BS the players, man. And, I, Danny, I really feel like Mike McCarthy and his staff are, are going to be able to take these guys and put them in the best position. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you still on Mike McCarthy, and I feel like he, he's going to do a, a decent job. I, I got Come on, see Danny. It. Drink um, the Kool-Aid, Danny. Drink I, I it with this, me. I, drink I, it. I say this, I say this because I, I know we're going to postpone, drink postpone it. you having to come up with this bet, this bet that you're ready to lose, all right? All right, so, so I know you're not ready to put the chips in on McCarthy yet, so I give you another seven days to come up with what you wanna what you wanna bet, so you can go zero and three against with, with bets against me. Mm. Mm. I believe in mm. Coach Mike. I believe in a Super Bowl winner. Okay, as Ric Flair once said, you don't lose faith in winners. Okay, you don't lose faith in winners. I'm good. With, I'm good. With I believe in Harvey Dent. This is Batman. <laughs> we, we shall see, man. We shall see. <laughs> All right, he's Danny McRae. He's Barry Church, two former Cowboy players. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboy reporter. We appreciate you checking out the Players Lounge. We'll talk to you next Friday at 11 a.m. Central right here on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!